0: up talk radio network I'm I'm pretty sure that you have a way harder
1: time getting through life than the average person Ari I I, I don't know why anybody would listen to this I know I won't
0: Ari you're if I single-handedly broke up my marriage you're an awful person you're 24 years old why would I listen to you why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're
1: listening to You're listening to unlicensed unlicensed unlicensed
0: unlicensed, unlicensed,
1: unlicensed, unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. Ari
0: Manis. Hello and welcome to unlicensed therapy with me, your host Ari Manis. you've never heard this show before, I have my friends come in, typically a stand-up comedian, and we talk about their problems. A therapy session, if you will. Now, if you're wondering, Ari, what gives you the right to give advice to people? You're right. I wasn't a psychology major in college. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not even the guy my friends go to for advice. But you know what? I care. Now, today we have my guest, Mitch Burrow, in the office today.
1: What? What is up with your, your cadence?
0: What's wrong with my cadence?
1: It sounds so da da da. Da 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 da. Da 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 It's you saying almost it's, good? it's no, it's almost like you're reading a script that you have it that you you're seeing for the first time.
0: So you're saying it sounds just raw and authentic? <laughs> no,
1: it sounds bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sound bad. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to my show. <laughs> now Mitch, if you don't know who Mitch Burrow is, join the party. <laughs> he is a stand-up comedian. Because we the club. Uh, he is a former veteran like myself. You're not former. a veteran.
1: I'm not going to play that game with you on your podcast. I'll, I'll do it with you in private, but where people can listen. I'm not going to allow you
0: to get away with doing that. I was that. in JOTC. <laughs> That's right. For high school. Yes. So I call myself a veteran. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with that.
0: All right, I'm not a veteran, but Mitch Burrow <laughs> stolen is stolen Valorant. Mitch Burrow is a veteran, a stand-up comedian. Uh, he has no television credits. I do have some television well, nothing credit. of note. I was on Laughs on Fox. Definitely not noteworthy. I was on Punchline. Never heard of that one. I'm uh, in a movie called Sushi Burrito. Like I said, he has no significant <laughs> credits on his resume for comedy, but he's really funny. Thank you. And you know it's tough out there for uh, a white gentleman these days, a Republican white gentleman who.
1: <laughs>
0: Everyone just little, turned off. You're a little older, you know. I'm 38. I'm 38. almost 38. It's in August. tough out there for a white comedian that's 38 with no credit. It's hard. <laughs> you you have an uphill battle. Your chances are slim. Yeah. For you in this business. That's right. They are.
1: Is that what you wanted to talk about?
0: No, I guess it's turned into a roast and I didn't mean it <laughs> too. I was just trying to inter- I mean just if trying we're to getting inter- at where is, you
1: know. my problems all stem from and like the okay, yeah, that's a good but, starting point. But
0: let's put those let's put the career thing on hold for a second. Okay. You got a good place to live with good roommates, you got friends. Yeah, man. You got I, family, you got you got a roof, you got food. you clearly got food on the table. <laughs> This is you referring to my weight problem? Oh, I guess you're a little sensitive about that. I wasn't referring to anything, but if you're bringing it up, uh, he's a Mitch is a husky fella. Yeah, I weigh 300 pounds. Like He didn't look this way in the Marines. I haven't seen a picture of him in the Marines. I just know that. <laughs> there's you, no way. There's no way. But
1: I look like this. No, you're right. I didn't. I you was weigh like, 300?
0: Yeah well we could start dieting right now okay
1: yeah you want to do that
0: i i've lasted two days before on a diet
1: i i can do like a week and it's the hardest thing
0: it's so hard foods and sugar and carbs are so addictive.
1: yeah it's really it's really difficult i've i've done cocaine i've
0: uh well the reason why cocaine is weight can help with weight is because it's supposed to make you not hungry
1: well but what i'm saying is if you do cocaine
0: and then eat on cocaine then it doesn't help. I've
1: never done cocaine and been like, oh, I like that's not an addicted thing. Addictive thing for me.
0: Oh, got it. You're only addicted to food, but like
1: food, like fast food, like it's so about, hard to get away from that.
0: What about the vagina hall?
1: I mean, I like it a lot.
0: You're not addicted.
1: I mean, if I was addicted to, to vagina, I probably wouldn't be as fat as I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good. Good point. Good point. So, on paper to me though. You got you got food. Yeah. You got a place you got a nice uh, Japanese motor vehicle, reliable, solid car. Toyota you Prius, you can put it out there. Yeah, I got to promote Prius, it. Two hundred and fifty four thousand miles. But run fine. Yep. Uh, you're having fun on the road as a comedian. Well, I go on the road thing? as a comedian. You don't have fun on the road? It varies from time to time. Well you're on the road, yeah. you're a road dog. So why are you here? Well, you What's you wrong? called me. A, <laughs> oh, you don't think that joke's been made before? <laughs> a little while. Yeah, that's, yeah. Listen back and see how many people have made that a joke on here. You
1: literally called me half an hour ago and asked me if I wanted to do a podcast. I said, "What's it about?" No. You said therapy.
0: I what said, "Okay, really I'll be there in a little bit." You heard I do therapy, and you reached out because you have a problem. Uh, okay, so we should have talked about this beforehand. <laughs> I mean, look, man,
1: I've uh, I've given up a lot. To, I'll, I'll go along with it, okay <laughs> I, I've, I've given up a lot and I'm at a point in, in my life with, with comedy and I'm trying to figure out if if these sacrifices were worth it um, and how long to go along with this before possibly admitting defeat and uh and maybe going back to the corporate world or something. Well, let's
0: start with the first sentence there. You said I've sacrificed a lot. Yeah. What have you sacrificed?
1: Well, I had a job where I I worked at, at Boeing. Um I made over $100,000 a year. How long did you have this job for? I was there for 8 years.
0: Do so you accumulate $800,000?
1: Well, one year I made like a, hundred and seventy seven thousand, uh, just cause I put in a lot of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I made
0: a lot of money working at that job. So do you still, do you still use that money? It's all gone. How'd you spend $800,000?
1: Well, when I had the job, I wasn't happy. I, I would say this, like you mentally, I'm in a better place now than I was then. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with that job. I really wanted to pursue comedy full time. I spent a lot of money, on, on alcohol, on gambling, on, uh, prostitutes. Yeah. Not You're like, prostitute man. not like straight prostitutes. You like the pros? Um, like, like massage parlors where Got I would, it. I would go. What in, city were you in at the time? Seattle, Washington.
0: You're living in Seattle. You're doing comedy for fun at this point. Yeah. It was I your mean, passion, but it wasn't your job. You were right. working at Boeing. That's correct. You're making over 100 grand a year. What kind of place did you live in at the time?
1: Um, I moved just about every year, uh, just trying out different areas of Seattle. At one point, I had a, a one-bedroom penthouse on the 27th floor of a high-rise. Uh, another time, I had like a, a really dope studio apartment that I lived in. It just depended on where I lived. I was yeah just trying out different areas to see like w- where I enjoyed living the most.
0: So you're you're making hundred thousand dollars. At what point were you like, I don't care how much money I'm making. I don't like this. What were you
1: doing for Boeing, by the way? Too. I was a production manager. So uh, the people that
0: put together the airplanes, I was in charge of a group of those. And are people. you are you a college graduate? No. You got no, a, I have a 000, I have... over a hundred thousand dollar job from Boeing mm-hmm. with no degree. Yeah, I have a GED. With the GED, yeah. I mean, how I, did you how did you manage to even well, get I, that job? I was in the Marine Corps. Seems like Corps. a great
1: job. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps and mm-hmm. I, I worked on helicopters. So i I had five you years were a of helicopter repairman yep, in the Marine Corps. I, I had five years of aviation experience from that. Mm-hmm. Got out. I got a contract job with Boeing, doing repairs on the on the V twenty two Osprey. Which is a helicopter. It's kind of like the, like a helicopter airplane hybrid. Okay. You know, it takes off like a helicopter and then the propellers come down like an airplane and it flies regular. And then, uh, and then after like a year or two of doing that, they, they liked me and they moved me into a management position. So it was all just the uh, Marine Corps. How much were you
0: making those first two years when you're just doing? I
1: started off at fifty two thousand a year. Fifty two thousand, and then and then I got bumped up to like seventy right. when I got put in a management position, right. and then after that, I was making over a hundred every year.
0: Wow. And so and then after doing you did that for eight years, yeah. And then after a year or eight, you're like, I'm done with this. Probably closer to like three or four.
1: I I was. I didn't really like being in management. Um, I didn't. You're, you're a bad guy. You know, it's you, you. have union employees, and they don't like you. So, like, I just I never f- really enjoyed the work, and uh, and I just like I had started comedy probably like three years in. Three years in a Boeing. Yeah. Okay. And uh, or maybe even sooner, but as soon as I started doing comedy, that's I was going to clubs like every night and so i'm staying out till 11 or 12 a night and then waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work it, it was a hard life to kind of yeah. like blend together and for eight years i, I was getting s- sort of crazy
0: yeah just due to exhaustion and stuff right and so then but at year eight were you making any money in comedy when you quit your Boeing job were you did you have any plan where you're just like i have savings i'm gonna give it a go like what was your? i had saved up
1: thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and i was probably making ten thousand a year doing stand up mm-hmm. do like doing road yeah. work going to places like louisville kentucky houston texas yeah. seattle washington
0: yeah so you're making a little money in comedy you had some money saved and you're like i'm gonna give it a shot yeah and how old are you at this point 34 you're 34 yep
1: I guess that would be
0: like a midlife crisis. Mm.
1: I mean, when you take into account how long I'm probably going to live due to my health issues. And you, wait,
0: and you're 38 now? I'm 38. Yeah. So oh, so this is only four years ago you quit at Boeing. Yep. And so, so you quit Boeing. You're 34 years old. You're in Seattle. Yes. And then how long did you stay in Seattle? During that was the conf- it.
1: You, when I left Boeing, I left Seattle. And I, where'd you I, go? I, I left Boeing on July 10th. And then I left Seattle on July 14th, I think, like somewhere like right around in there. And then you came to L.A.? And then I came to Los Angeles. I went on the road for a few months. Yeah. Like just, I did like a trip around the country doing shows all over. Uh Uh-huh. And then I just made my way back to Los Angeles. Los Angeles. As the final
0: destination. As the home base.
1: Yep. And I'm here now, and I've been here for three and a half years. Three and a half, four years. I came into Los Los Angeles on New Year's Eve 2015. Right.
0: 2014. So you're talking about how you made these sacrifices for comedy, which, which you did. You gave up a good job, but you didn't like it and you wanted to quit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I wonder like what my feelings about that job would have been if I would have never done comedy. You know, right. like if I was going to bed at a reasonable hour, waking up and going to work. Right. And, and Maybe you wouldn't hate it work, quite as bad. Yeah. Like I what probably time, would have been that, more invested in that. Did that job end
0: at five o'clock? Was that nine no, or five?
1: No, It started at five thirty or six, depending on where I was working in the factory. Mm-hmm. And then it was over at two, two thirty. So not that bad. Oops. No, it was eight hours. hours. Sometimes okay. we would work two hours of overtime. And that, you know, it depended whether it was pre shift or post shift. But, you know, regardless, like it's eight to 10 hours a day. Mm. And then you were off like early in the afternoon. So, yeah, it was, it was fine.
0: Now you say, at what point do you admit defeat <laughs> and move on? Now, from my perspective, as a comic myself, who, uh, hasn't really accomplished anything who hasn't really accomplished anything but i make my my living in comedy and uh you know a lot of people look up to me because i'm the best there is like a lot of people (laughs) watch me and they go has he made it yet no but he's clearly the best i mean we had a very similar joke to one another so obviously we we have similar minds we have similar minds and we and we've been doing it around the same time you said you've been doing eight years 11 oh, okay so you've been no longer i've been doing it like six and a half seven but
1: you started in los angeles i
0: started in los angeles
1: yeah i mean that's another thing too like i you know i gotta wonder like if i would have come down here sooner where i would be or who knows yeah i mean it's, it's, it's hard to hard play to what that. if you know yeah,
0: yeah it's and yeah who knows if you'd be as funny too because the stage time here isn't as good yeah there's all those things but my question is you talk about at what point do you admit to fear not my question my my first piece of advice is you can't get into comedy thinking like that even you know you can't you have to get out of the mindset at what point do i stop doing comedy because it's not supporting my the life that i want and you have to think i'm doing comedy because i love comedy (laughs) it's, <laughs> and, and everything else is just bonus. you got to get out of that career mindset, which happens, and I'm telling that to myself as much as I'm telling it to you. That's easy to say, but, but how old are you? I am 28. Okay, now you got to understand,
1: when I left Boeing when I was 34, it didn't seem crazy to me. But now, three and a half years later, I'm almost 38 years old. It seems a lot different. Like, 38 achieving what I have achieved seems a lot more dire, a, a lot more bleak of a circumstance than 34 and starting out. Well, and that's I understand because... That, I understand that four years in Los Angeles isn't enough or it's not the end, but I, you, you kind of get to the point where you start wondering how much of this is a lottery... How much of it is who you know,
0: and how much of it is actual talent? And I think it's, it's all those things. For sure, it's all those things. If there's anyone out there that goes, it's all talent, they don't know what they're talking about. And if there's anyone out there that says it's all who you know, that's part of it. It's all, I think all three are important. It's a, it's a combination of luck, talent, and who you know. For sure.
1: Well, I wish I knew some more people,
0: <laughs> cause. <laughs> but it's also and it's also about like what the industry wants, and right now, they don't want white guys like us.
1: Did you see Variety's uh, ten comics you should watch out for in 2018?
0: Wasn't Jesus Trejo on there? That uh
1: was... That was 2017, I think. Oh, this, so when this did one this just come out? came out this week. Oh no, I didn't see it. Yeah, uh, my homegirl Dulce Sloan. Was on there okay, uh but then like I think there was like one white dude who was the white dude? <laughs> his name's Darren Knight, and he has he has a character on YouTube called Southern Mama, okay, and that's where he's gotten his fame from as a YouTube character, but that's the he's, only that was the only white guy. I on I feel there. like it was. there might have been like one other one or something, but yeah, pretty much it was mostly uh, people of color or people in the LGBTQ
0: community right that's just the way it's going right now
1: yeah I mean it really does I know it sounds it sounds so dumb to other people to hear someone complain about being a white male, but that first of all, when you talk about saturation, like the industry is flooded with white males right so like you if you're gonna be a successful white male, you have to be at the top one percent of of the ninety percent doing it right. And then also, it's, we're in a culture now where in media and entertainment, we like to focus on people of color, people in the LGBTQ community. Uh, we want to show diversity and, and multiculturalism, acceptance, and blah, 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 all that fucking gay-ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and like that's, so that's what they're going for. White dude just isn't in it anymore. Right,
0: it's just not in it right now. Which brings me back to my original point of that's I why you just can't ha- even have that mindset like I'm 38, where am I at? You got to just live your life and be, ha- and be happy with the life you have and all that other stuff is just bonus. That's winning, like you said, it's a lottery.
1: Well, now here's the thing. That's just
0: winning the lottery. When I was in Seattle, I was depressed.
1: I was truly depressed. I had It rains of, a lot there. I have, Could that have something to do with it it? it? it was a lot to do with it. Even yeah. my psychologist... Uh, there, my psychiatrist, actually, not my psycho, my, my, the guy that prescribed me medication, I told him that I wanted to eventually get better and wean myself off of it. And he said, no, not as long as I lived in Seattle, it wasn't going to happen. I would have to move somewhere like California or something where I wouldn't be under clouds all day long.
0: So. Yeah, it sounds like some like, shitty advice to me. Well, you could be happy I, under clouds. It,
1: it was legit because yeah. when I left Seattle, I've been out of Seattle. Like, truly, I am I'm a happier person than I was in. I've been very, I used to have bipolar mood swings where for a few months I would be manic and, and feeling godlike and then depressed and suicidal the next yeah. few months. So uh, it, it, it was pretty bad. Since I moved to Los Angeles, I've been level. Yeah, I've been very level. Now, I think there's a difference between sadness, grief and, and depression. Mm-hmm. And what I'm experiencing now is like worry and sadness
0: anxiety. and anxiety.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much longer I can keep going at, at at this rate that I'm going right now with what I'm with the payout that I'm getting.
0: Right. You feel like you're working really hard.
1: And sometimes yeah. not able to work really hard you know like if I'm I'm doing handyman work while I'm out here to keep my head above water mm-hmm. and if I'm having to do that for 12 hours a day and then and then I'm missing mics or I'm not able to write or whatever like it's very hard to like manage that time right to, to be able to keep track on the creative aspects mm-hmm. like I should I, I could have just stayed at Boeing. Right. If I was going li- to live the life that I'm living now, and I would have at least been be better in, off financially.
0: But then you'd be in Seattle. I know, but then my you'd friend Nick Hart. Even less time because the handyman stuff. But look, my is my friend
1: my friend Nick Hart lives in Madison, Wisconsin, and he's doing Conan in like a week. You know, like you don't need to be
0: here. You don't. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to pick out people who have done things from other places, but it definitely is helpful to be here. Not. It hasn't helped me. Not yet, but it's only been four years. I have a manager
1: and I have an agent. And honestly, they really haven't done much for me. Right. Uh, And I met the guy who created that 70s show. Mm -hmm. And I was super stoked with that because, you know, he was like sitting down with me and having writing meetings with me and looking over like pilots that I had written. And then nothing came out of that. This place has given me so much of nothing. Right. It's I could write an equate like an unsolvable equation. Like it's it's contradictory in math terms. It's one of those things much, where like nothing I've gotten.
0: Yeah, you haven't got nothing, but you see it all around you and you're definitely closer to it here than somewhere else. It's like That yeah, doesn't help. Can you cold can you cold submit to all the late night shows from anywhere in the world? Sure, you can. And once in a while you'll see someone get booked from it, but realistically.
1: No, I think what you do is you, you have that job that pays you money. And, it, and you talk about cold me Nah, you you do all these festivals because JP Buck and Michael Cox, they go to these festivals. They go to, they big go to sky. a couple of them.
0: They go to uh, enough of them that you could, you could be up in front of them four or five times a year, but then get again. So back to these festivals, it's easier to get into these festivals as an LA comedian than it is being, I don't
1: know. I got into just about all of them when I was in Seattle, big sky was the only one that I didn't get into until I was in LA. And I only submitted to it once before, and the guy who books it was my old roommate from Seattle. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, eventually, I was going to get in that festival regardless. Yeah, I mean, you know, like th- that guy knew how funny I was, so it wasn't going to take long for me to get in there. I don't know. I know it sounds like I'm complaining. It, no, it's, like I it, would be surprised. They, they and, these
0: are normal complaints, but it's just like, I'm, well, you 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 understand the reality of the situation. Yes, it's a ga- It's a gamble. I'm for just, sure i'm tired man i'm fucking tired What would okay let's pretend let's just play the what if scenario let's pretend like you quit all this hollywood bullshit yeah and you were you went back to being an adult yeah okay what's the plan then so what are you gonna I'm do gonna go to georgia and do what
1: i'm gonna work in a granite shed with my dad oh what shit a granite shed what the? what when, is that you make
0: tombstones how much money you make doing that?
1: Eighteen dollars an
0: hour. That doesn't sound like even that good money. It's 18, no, like,
1: but where it's at, it's good money. You know where where you're living, like that's that's that's. So fun. you're gonna that's move to
0: Georgia and make eighteen dollars an hour? That's your your plan <laughs> of you're gonna quit comedy and go to Georgia no, and make eighteen dollars an hour? No, I think hour?
1: what I would honestly try to do is first I would try and get back in with with Boeing, but I would try and get work at the Charleston factory in South Carolina. That way I'm within a couple hours of my family in Georgia. If that fell through, I would try and go to Lockheed Martin in Atlanta. See if I could get in there. They have a factory in Marietta that's even closer to my family. I just have no work experience with them. So it'd be a little bit harder to convince them. Plus with a fucking four year gap now out of aviation, it's going to look kind of questionable on my resume. So I noticed you haven't worked in aviation. Where have you been? Uh, I've been trying to tell jokes for a living okay great we'll talk to you later
0: Meh. it's not going to be great so you could say anything if I had cancer <laughs> I told a girl that once you told a girl you had cancer yeah try and get her back didn't work <laughs> what at? What'd she say no you she, didn't <laughs> uh, she believed me for like an hour
1: I I know someone who said they had cancer and they, they got an HBO special
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a rumor I don't want to talk about that <laughs> sorry (laughs) i didn't mean to bring the show to a stop no you didn't it's funny i just i don't know enough i don't know him or the situation enough like i've heard people saying things about it but it's like i don't i don't want to dip my toes in unless i really know and i don't know
1: i mean i've i've seen him with chemo ports in his body he had cancer yeah there's no like people are just haters
0: yeah, I think it's just haters.
1: And you know, it might not have been a serious. What's a chemo cancer. port? It's like they put a <laughs> they put a, a thing in your body so that they can inject the uh, the 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 chemotherapy into you. It's not like r- r- radioactive waves. It's a fluid oh, that know. they inject into your body, and it's like uh, uh, it's just a port that they put into yeah. your thing so your they can just vein. hook it up. Yeah. And say just putting a needle in there. That's
0: wild. It's a matrix shit right there. Yeah, so... So that your your plans just... I mean, here's the deal. It's like, I get wanting to quit this biz. I get feeling burnt out or getting a little bitter or, or just being like, what point do I give up? I get those feelings. I have those feelings. I think everyone's had those feelings. But your backup plan doesn't sound good you know what i mean charleston
1: south carolina would
0: be great going to work at boeing that just doesn't sound like a happy life to me
1: dude it would be
0: you live that life you know what that life's gonna be
1: but i'm telling you if i live that life without comedy it's a different life than what i was living you you can't live a life where you're out till midnight and then waking up at five and be happy in that life like you
0: yeah but you you did for a few years without it and it the reason you got to comedy is because you like doing comedy. That's what you like to do. I don't like this game that you're playing. I
1: don't like that you're trying to be like the positive comedy. Com- comedy is what you,
0: you should be doing. Like, no, I don't give a shit what you're doing. I'm just saying from a logical standpoint. Um, from a logical standpoint, you li- you've already done your backup I plan. I had a friend in Seattle that you knew you didn't like it. I had a friend in Seattle that moved to New York for a while. He was
1: there for two years and then he moved back to Seattle. And we we talked about how I was like very envious of that and how I wanted to move to LA and and he basically came to the conclusion that I I had to leave and go to LA to, to make sure otherwise I would always, always wonder. be wondering. Yeah. Now I'm here for four years. At what point do I stop wondering? At what point is yeah. it enough to say look, True. man, here's the thing. I know I'm fucking funny. Yeah. I know that if you put me on a stage for five minutes for 45 minutes i'm gonna do really well and i'm i'm gonna entertain a crowd anytime
0: most of the time i mean everyone bombs
1: no i mean unless i'm trying out brand new stuff at an open mic i'm not gonna bomb
0: i mean you know there's bad shows everyone's had bad shows i
1: perform all over the country i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say i crush or i kill but every show that i do is good
0: what about like that funny or die show
1: that was great, <laughs> yeah. But that's an open mic that's being filmed for Facebook. There was there were ten comics in there, but you All did great. I'm saying is there's bad I shows. love that. I love yeah. that onion bit that that's you did. Where we met, yeah. but here's here's what I'm saying is I know that I have the talent. Yeah. I know that I can write. I know that I can perform. Um, but at some point, I just have to realize that that's not enough. You know, like no, there's, there's another. No thing in this cosmic universe that is needed and i i may not okay. have it how about let's
0: let's ask another question it's your podcast that's whatever fucking questions you want whoa well let's <laughs> first watch check your attitude check i don't want to have to beat the shit out of you on my podcast veteran a veteran i don't want to have to beat the <laughs> shit out of you live on unlicensed therapy it's not but, live it's recorded no it's streaming live right now to the oh low. i didn't realize that but
1: I was gonna say, definitely edit that shit out where you threaten to kick my ass.
0: Oh, that's staying in because people, people need to know that you're scared of me. That. Yeah. People can't be need to know how scared you are. I mean, right now, he's backed up in the couch saying, "Please don't hurt me." Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, the other question you need to ask yourself is, are you doing everything you can be doing comedy wise? No. You're saying I got the talent. You're saying, I just need, you know, I need a shot. Fuck the shots. Are you producing a show? Are you writing sketches and making sketches? Are you doing these things to get on people's radar as a comic? No. Are you putting in the FaceTime at the hot shows in LA? No.
1: I mean, I do think, I, I it's will like, say this. yeah,
0: you can't move to LA and then... Do comedy on the road and just live in LA and expect for shit to happen. I will say this like hey, wake up, Mitch. This is your daddy talking to you. Do you wanna you gotta put in the work? You wanna shut the fuck up and let me answer your question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can't just sit here and railroad me without giving me a chance to respond. It's my podcast. This is the worst therapy I've ever received. I'm tough love, baby. This is tough love. I will say this. I was going to the comedy store off and on for the first like three years that I was here just because I was on the road so much or I was dating someone and I wasn't willing to go to the store every Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since like the middle of January this year, I waited for that little fucking New Year's resolution crew to get through with what they were going to (laughs) do. But I started going to the store almost every Sunday and Monday night and... Within three months, knew pretty much every door guy there. I've been lucky enough to to get on a lot of the open mics there, and I've even been put on last minute on Friends and Family uh, on one of the one of shows there. And people, like yeah, the door guys, you that. guys book
0: shows, and you're booking me.
1: That's three and a half months of, like, real... Or well, where are we at now? I guess it's now we're at like six months,
0: six months of putting in time,
1: six months of like real commitment to that place. And now it feels like my home club in L.A. for sure. It's the club that I I really enjoy going to and spending time at, and I've made some progress there. Yeah. Uh, I understand how putting in the effort works, right? Um, Could I be writing more every day? Yes. But again, it's 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 hard when I'm doing this this other work outside of comedy mm-hmm. that at the end of the day leaves me completely drained. Sure. Like to be able to put more effort into something else regardless of whether or not it's the thing that you love. I get it. It, it. becomes frustrating. Right. No, I get that. I don't produce shows. I I have two show ideas that I would consider doing, but I really I'm not it's it's not my
0: forte. I don't think it's anybody's forte. Um, you got to do it because it's lead. You know how it is. It's all fucking favors and politics, and you book a show, and then people book you because you booked that show. I think the 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 real big thing that I would like
1: to do is uh, I would like to take a few more steps in into the acting portion of mm-hmm. of what I came out here to do. And when you say and steps, would,
0: do you mean
1: like Leslie Kahn?
0: So take a class.
1: Taking a class. It's like six hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um. I th- I think maybe I could go to AA, and and maybe quit drinking at least for a little while, <laughs> so I could save up that money, uh, to actually get into those classes. I've tried to save the money, and again, it's the thing where I'm just like. I'm barely keeping my head above water financially out here. Yeah. So being able to those classes are important. I don't think people realize how important acting classes are. Why do you think that? Well a couple of reasons one you're not as good of an actor as you think you are. Okay. It is. It is a genuinely hard craft to, to, to perform at. Okay. Watch. Watch people who aren't trained actors on like find a web series or something on YouTube. Everything seems wooden. Yeah. It's almost like they're reading scripts. Like it it, it really takes uh, a skill to, to be able to, to deliver lines fluidly naturally. And, and naturally, you know? Right. And and on top of that, Leslie Kahn and a couple of a lot of these these acting classes, they also work directly with or themselves are casting directors. And so while it's not a pay to play kind of thing. If they're teaching you how to act and you're doing it the way that they want it to be done, then when you get in front of them when they're in their casting director roles, you're going to be the one that they like because you're doing it the way that they taught you to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's multiple reasons why, but you really do need to take acting classes when you're in L.A. if you want to be an actor. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I came out here to do. Like, I would love to be some stupid southern hillbilly on some fucking sitcom like the dumb friend or or whatever it is like i'll be a character actor
0: yeah you'll do it i'll do
1: whatever whatever they they want me to do but like i just need to to get that chance and i go out for auditions i just haven't landed anything yet because i'm not good (laughs) i guess
0: well i think you just gave yourself the advice that you needed today. (laughs) did i get it out of you did i make you say it out loud and is this going to lead to the path of you following what you already know? So I need to go to AA? And doing it? Is, that <laughs> is, is, is it? Be, did I just save your life? Did being in here just get you in the program? Help no. you save money? Is, this, is that what's going to lead to those things? Yeah. Maybe. Am I a hero? Am I a great therapist? Yeah. No. Clearly I am. I think we all just heard you say the things that you needed to do. And now you're going to do them after being here. Are you going to? Are you going to go to AA? Are you going to save money? Are you going to take acting classes? Are you going to make it in Hollywood? Are you going to lose weight? Are you going to do more shows? Yeah, I think all those things are happening because of why this. Why did
1: you have to throw the weight thing in there again? I just, that's not something I really want to talk about.
0: Yeah, that's why it needed to be talked about. It is tough love, baby. You really
1: got to work on your Barbara Walters style. I don't know
0: who Barbara Walters is.
1: Um, She makes people cry. Like, I feel like if you would have dug in a little bit, I would have cried eventually.
0: Yeah, but, it's, you know, is that what we want? Yeah. You want to cry on here? I mean, I don't want to, but that's what the listeners want. You lazy fuck, Mitch. You lazy <laughs> piece of shit. Oh, Lizzie, you want to say fat.
1: <laughs> you just You're
0: afraid to. I've called you fat twice on the podcast. I'm not oh, afraid to. Yeah, but not like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think this is some, that it. Are we some done? Get info for yourself. Do you have any other issues besides career? You said you talked to your mom on the way over here. You're getting along great there.
1: Yeah. I I don't really talk to my dad at all. How come? I just, it's a, it's a struggle past, uh, he, uh, he used to hit you? No, he just it wasn't really around. He, it, my, So my mom... Yeah, oh,
0: you said you were going to work with him making tombstones, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's never too late to try. Uh, my mom signed custody of me over to him when, when I was four so she could join the Navy, and then he basically just let his parents raise me. And then, like, it, we, we just didn't Did really... You still it.
0: talk to his parents?
1: Yeah, yeah, I talk to him just about every day. So he was kind of like...
0: like he was he's kind of more, more like, like an a uncle. Brother. Yeah, a brother.
1: More like a brother, really. I mean, he's only 20 years older than me. My mom only he, 16 years older but than was me. He,
0: okay, so he wasn't around much, but when he was around, was he cool? Like, did he love you? Did he treat you good? Not really.
1: I think, I think there was, like, resentment because my grandparents were spending so much time raising me and, and focusing on me that I think he kind of resented them showing me all that attention and and stuff rather than him. Like he was a very spoiled person growing up with them. They uh they ran their own business. Is he he went to take over the business. No, he has an older sister, but they didn't uh they didn't cater to her the way that they did to him. And so then when I came along and kind of took that spot, he I think there was quite a bit of resentment there from him. Weird. Yeah.
0: That's some dark shit.
1: So now you know, I go home. I'm I'm always trying. You know, I'm like, hey, Dad, let's let's go fishing, or let let's let's do something. But I I have a lot of resentment built up in me. Yeah. So regardless of
0: sounds like I got to get you both in here. <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: see if we can get him here. He lives in Georgia. But regardless of what it is, I got, I eventually just start wanting to to be mad at him while we're hanging out
0: maybe you guys just don't get along that like you're just too different
1: or we're too much alike we're too Too much alike
0: yeah is that what you think it is i think it's has a lot to do with it absolutely you're a lot alike
1: i'm 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 very much like him in a lot of ways and it
0: bothers me how's he doing is he remarried is he single he's he's on his sixth wife i believe sixth wife (laughs) yeah so it sounds like maybe the issues lie more with him
1: i I would like to think so if you have
0: six i mean if you have six wives there's there's you got issues there's no way around it. oh yeah for sure and those women that are marrying you like imagine being wife number six how do you why would you agree to marry some guy who's been married five times
1: because you know he was
0: waiting on the right one i guess that's what her thoughts were i don't know yeah but she's got to be kind of a dumb dumb you know what i mean I don't know, if, man. If I met this woman, let me tell you, if I met this girl right now, and she was, I loved her so much. She was so perfect. Yeah. And beautiful and smart. And yeah. Treated me so good. And I, I just loved her so much. Sure. And she said, hey, do you want Which is wanna, what you deserve. Well, thank you. And it's what I'm looking for. And she said, I want to marry you. But just so you know, I've been married five other times. Yeah. You know what I would do? I wouldn't break up with her if I really well, had that, all would those Would that be feelings. a red flag? It, but, I, but I wouldn't marry her. I would say, you know what? I'd love to keep this relationship going, but we don't need to get married. Hmm. Mar- marriage clearly isn't working in your life. So let's just be a couple. Well, this let's just is the love South. each other.
1: You know, marriage is kind of a, a a big deal down there.
0: All I'm saying is there's something wrong with your dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you I've could been tell saying him, that And for, you could tell
0: him I said that. I've been saying that for years. I don't know him, but you could tell him I said that. <laughs> and I'll fight him if necessary, but I'd rather... Well, you I'm are not such a, a tough guy, guy no, on your podcast. I'm not a violent guy, but if necessary, if that's what he needs from hearing mm-hmm. that from me, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to teach him a lesson physically because sometimes that's the therapy you need. Sometimes you just need your ass kicked a little bit.
1: Maybe I should have done it. A I lot mean, of people I, see licensed I,
0: therapists don't do that. They don't preach that kind of teaching. They just think, oh, words and medication, all... I'll beat someone up if I need to. Cause that's sometimes that's the therapy. That I've had a lot of dreams of fighting my dad. You've never actually fought him. Has mm-hmm. he ever hit you?
1: One time. I can't remember what, what was done or said, but I, I said something. And then as I was walking away, he like, uh, I can't remember exactly Pushed you or something. Uh, he either kicked me like in my ass. Uh huh. Or slap me in the back of the head.
0: So nothing too crazy.
1: No, but definitely like how old a, were you? It was definitely like probably twelve.
0: Okay, so you were a kid.
1: But it was definitely like a fuck you kind of yeah thing. I we were out in the in the garage with the race car, and I th- I think I was just trying to like learn from him or whatever, and then for whatever reason he was like he. Called me a, a piece of shit or something. Mm-hmm. I was going to storm off, and then he Hit you. did something. Then I w- went inside, and I punched a hole in my wall. <laughs> they were very cheaply. It was a double wide, so
0: easy to do. Could but I do it? Could you do it? Yeah. Uh. Probably, yeah. But not definitely.
1: Yeah, you could definitely do it. I mean, they were like paper-thin walls. Like Even you could have punched a hole
0: through it, for sure. I mean i could punch a, a wall a hole through concrete walls
1: but do you ever have dreams where you 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 could not punch through a, a concrete wall i just want to let you know that I, I could I, I did hear that but do you I'm ever very, have dreams i can punch strong. through a, a wood plank
0: that was uh, already had a crack in there's it.
1: there's a video of me doing that <laughs> so have you ever had dreams where you're fighting and but like you're moving your arms really slow yeah or whatever so my fight dreams with my dad are not like that
0: it's just a view on it his is thing.
1: full speed i'm usually like picking him up and throwing like slamming him against a wall and like being super physical like really hurting him in these dreams and then i wake up and i feel
0: when you do talk to your dad how often do you, you actually talk to your dad
1: when i go to georgia maybe like once every six months to a year so I've tried to talk to him on the phone. It's not. That's, that's it's not fun. It's just like I just don't care. I right. talk. I talk to his parents every, every day. I talk so to my grandparents every day. When you
0: do talk to him on the phone or in prison, do you give him a hug? Do you say I love you?
1: I I think I've probably quit. I definitely don't give him hugs, uh, and I've probably quit saying I love you. Almost fully. Yeah. Damn. Because it just feels fake.
0: That's real life, right there.
1: It it doesn't feel feel
0: feel real. Yeah, I don't say I I don't say I love you to my mom.
1: I remember. God, I can't remember. I was a I was a very like emotional, uh, and like like emotionally giving, like physically giving, like kid growing up. I was uh, affectionate. That's what I'm looking. I was very affectionate. And I remember, I think I was at like a mall or something with him when I was like eight, I think. And I and I went to like give him a a, a kiss, and he he was like, "Yeah, how about we don't ever do that anymore?" He's like, "You're a little old to be to be doing that." And like that's
0: stuck in my head for, for right. Because typically it's the opposite. Typically it's like the kid will get reach an age where they're kind of embarrassed to do that. Yeah, you know, it's like when they don't want their parents to drop them off at class anymore like I'll just I'll leave the car it's like you reach that age and he reached that before you did yeah he was like yeah. he was like hey I don't want no little faggy ass son right he was embarrassed to be hugging his kid in a public mall when when it's typically the opposite to me be it was kid. a
1: kiss i went to give him a kiss not a hug it was a kiss but still like it like stuck in my head that he was like yeah let's not do that anymore you don't need to
0: do that Maybe you were a little old and he didn't want people to think he was a pedophile. Maybe. In the mall. Maybe. You know. Maybe you would got, to, I think, we. are you willing to call your dad right now on the phone and talk to him about this? <laughs> no. I would just like to hear his thoughts on this pati- particular scenario. <laughs> if you just brought up this story. Nah, man. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> no? What if we sent him this podcast?
1: No. No? I, no, I don't want him to hear this no but i'm not gonna going blindside my dad look i don't like my dad but i'm not gonna blindside him with what what should be
0: yeah but decades think about how, decades of of therapy yeah but think about how good of content this podcast <laughs> would be if we called your dad right now. yeah and told i'm him not that gonna story. i'm not gonna do that you only see this why you're not making it as a comedian you're not willing to <laughs> fucking do what it takes i'm not willing to, to, to make f- this great content <laughs> this this would be sick ass content dude no i'm not gonna do that i'm sorry i can, hey, you can delete I, hey, this whole podcast it's it's not me you should be apologizing to it's yourself
1: you know i did a storytelling show where i talked about my mom and i cried on that storytelling show wait is this a live show or a podcast yeah it was a live show and okay. I, re- I recorded it and the audio is like afterwards, someone was like, you know, other people were telling funny stories, but what you did was art. It was beautiful. Blah, That's blah, such blah, blah. a
0: nice way to insult no, you no, no. after a show. No. Because it hey, was. Even though no one was laughing at no, the comedy show. No, listen. It was. <laughs> it was I get, a good I get story. what you're saying. People were laughing,
1: but it went to a whole other level right. to where this person was like, what you did was art. It moved right. me, it touched yeah. me. And it, I, I have the recording. And I've thought about posting it, but I refuse to because it's not things that I want my mom to feel bad about now.
0: And she would for sure hear it if you posted it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my mom is friends with me on Facebook. She sees the things that I post. You and, could do one of those private
0: she, posts where you'll met her. There's
1: too many family members that I yeah. would have to block. You know, like, it's just one of those right. things. But, but like, I mean, listen, man, I'm 38 years old. At some point, You know, I've either dealt with it and moved on or I I, I need to fucking just get over it or whatever, but I'm just not willing to hurt these people Yeah. or to like, I'm not trying to make them feel guilty for shit that they did when they were 16 and 20 years old. Right. You know, like that's fair. Real talk. I probably should have been an abortion. Real talk because there's no reason a 16 and a 20 year old should be having a kid together. And then my grandparents raising me in what was in their 50s. I mean, kids shouldn't be raised by their grandparents either. Yeah. There's they they overthink the shit that they did with with their first with their children. So now they're trying to do shit differently. They're a little too giving. They're a little too too laxidate lackad- like they, they just kind of let you get away with shit that they they wouldn't have let their their own children get away with. Yeah, and I, I had a fucked up upbringing, you know. Like you're you're raised. If there's one, it, it, the thing is in the in this life, there's no guarantee. But what you should be able to count on is that one person in your life that is going to love you is your mom, the one who brought you into this world. Yeah, and mine gave me away when I was four years old, and so there were times. I can remember looking back on when I was like seven years old where I would cry because I didn't think my mom loved me because the only contact and communication I had was was over the telephone while she was stationed in Guantanamo or something. And then my dad lives 10 minutes away from me or 15 minutes away from me. And the only time I see him is on the weekends when he's racing his car and my grandparents are taking me to the track to To watch my dad race. And then he's leaving with his, his wife and and my my half sister at the end. You know, like so I'm watching him go away with that family. And then he gets remarried. So now me and the, the sister, we're we're kinda like pushed off to the side now. And then he's got another wife that he's starting a family with, and that's the only one that he's focused on. He he, he would always like push us to the side. Like
0: was your dad focus. kind of like a stud? Was he like a handsome race car driver?
1: He's a cool dude. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, he he owned his own business. He had yeah. a race car. He's a good-looking dude. Like, sure, he, he was probably like Carlton, Georgia's most eligible bachelor. But yeah. there's only like... 200 people in that town. <laughs> so like married it, six <laughs> it wasn't very hard to get to the top. Wow. I just feel like I, my grandparents had a little bit of money. Like we weren't rich, right? But, but they you, were able to take care poor. of me. Yeah. And sure. They loved me and everything. But I just feel like there are certain ways that you, you should live your life. Like, for success.
0: Right. A kid should be raised by his mom and by his dad.
1: And and I
0: you were I, in a broken home.
1: I started
0: off broken family.
1: Real real fucked up. Yeah. I had a lot of shit against me in the beginning. And it's it's hard to fucking catch up when you when you start so far behind.
0: Yeah. I'll okay. say f- I didn't know most of those things about you before today and knowing those things, I'm pretty impressed that you're, you're just a nice guy. You don't have any serious drug addictions. You don't steal from people. You don't fuck people over. You're just like a pretty nice, normal guy considering all those things. Do you have a sleeve of tattoos? Sure. Sure. You do. Can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery now. Yeah. You know, I might as well do you not have, even do you have convert? your issues. Yeah, but all in all, you're a pretty good guy. You're aware of your issues. You know what needs to be done. Got to write more. It's just a matter of doing them. just a matter of shoving all this bullshit aside. I really think I should start meditating. Taking life by the horns. And doing yoga. I think
1: that would probably
0: change a lot. I think it would lot. be funny to watch you meditate and do yoga. <laughs> like, that could be a good web series you want to you want to start filming me doing yoga i don't want to film i struggle similarly to you i struggle where you're like i don't want to do handyman work to stay afloat Mm -hmm. i don't want to do production work to stay afloat Hmm. because i get hired to do a lot of freelance production work i film for people i record people's podcasts i edit I help produce things. How do you make
1: videos then if you don't have someone to film? Like that's my thing. I would love to do sketches. Well, and stuff, if you have a good
0: sketch that I like, we could all—I could help you make it.
1: Fat guy yoga.
0: <laughs> Write it out. Write out the beats, baby. I'm Just gonna do the poses. <laughs> <laughs> Write it out, baby. No more improv sketches. I learned that the hard way. But, well, I mean what now I've, uh, I've but I think I you, you shouldn't move back to Georgia you I, should? you're talking no you should not you're uh, trying you're talking about moving quitting comedy which you love to move back towards your to be closer to your broken family yeah in a tiny town with 200 people I can like, fix it <laughs> no you want to I'm the glue that holds that broken here, family together as, as selfish as this sounds I mean, you talk to your grandparents all the time. You can still love them. But you need to build your own life. And you're doing that. And maybe it's taking longer than you want it to. But like you said, you're happier out here than you were in Seattle. You got a place to live. You got friends. Keep going. Do you have any friends that quit comedy? Oh, yeah. Are they they happier? You know what's funny, though? Is like, um, first off, no, they're not happier. And secondly... A lot of them end up coming back, and then I think less of them because like they're quitters, even though they're back. And then also a lot of them I just forget about too, just because I'm so involved in my own world. And they quit, and then I realize once they quit, well, comedy is why we were friends. So I had a
1: best friend in Seattle. Yeah, and he moved here two years before me, and maybe a month or two after I got here, he had officially quit comedy completely damn and the whole like i i like loaned him money which he paid back for in full yeah but i loaned him money to help him get down here i was like how much money do you need to get to la and he told me the amount how much said, was it it was twelve hundred dollars
0: okay so not crazy not but, crazy he had not some small. money saved yeah. up but he was trying but to get to money that point point. Yeah. and
1: i was like tell me what you need i'll give it to you if you leave in two weeks and he told me the, he told me to and i i went and i took six hundred dollars out that night and then I went and I took out $600 the next day when I could. Yeah. And and I gave it to him. And then he, he moved to L.A. Now, he set me up pretty good because he complained about it a lot. So I knew I was going to be coming to a really difficult place. Right. But after I got here and he and he quit comedy, we got into a big fight. And a lot of that was my fear of, like, I thought if anybody loved comedy more than me, it was him. And if he was able to quit that it might get me to that point at some at some time as well and so we we got into a huge fight and then we quit being friends for like a year we didn't talk for a year uh but now like i'm we're back hanging out a lot again is he still live in la he does okay and what's he do he's a server server okay he works in a jewish deli like a really nice one okay and uh to be honest he's he's married now and he's happier than he's ever been since I knew him. And it's like, he's one of the only people that I know that's like quit and then like never came back. Let me ask you and this. He's, he's feeling pretty good.
0: When he was doing comedy, or you'd start comedy with him. We don't have to say any names. I could edit this out if you want to. Was he really funny?
1: Yeah, man. I, you know, it's, it's weird. Some people that like we were peers with or whatever didn't think so uh but I th- I thought he was funny I thought for sure that he had uh talent and 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 good jokes but you know just I mean I'll I'll say who it was his name is Mike Cummings and uh and I th- I thought he was very funny but you know I comedy is subjective I guess are you gonna look him up no oh
0: um So, you know, comedy subject, it sounds like he he wasn't bad, but if not everyone thought he was funny, he probably was just like, all right.
1: I think people thought he was an asshole. I don't think like his personal standing with uh, people in the comedy community was a result of his humor. I think it was people thought he was an asshole. He's a very standoffish guy at times. And I think that affected him more than anything.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Because, you know, Jeff Kars, what's his name? Yeah. God, that guy was talking the other night at the store. That guy's the worst. And I, I, you know, I try and calm him down a little bit, but he's talking about how the people that make it are the people that suck dick.
0: That's all he talks about. Though. Like he's just like everyone here. I don't even want to. I don't even want to put any conversation to that guy. But I'll talk about you, that guy off the podcast.
1: But what I'll say is like, while he's not right, he's also not wrong. Like you can't be. A jerk and and make it. Cause no one's gonna want to be around you. And right. my buddy was a jerk yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, you know. Like he made it difficult to be around sometimes. Well there you go. So but anyway, he quit comedy and he's
0: happy. I don't <laughs> I don't don't, I don't do it. You're not him. Just because he's happy doesn't mean you're gonna be happy. You won't be happy. I know you. You're not gonna you are not going you would not be happy working a day job and just coming back home and drinking a beer that's not you oh man I you like it. going to these comedy places you like hanging out you like comedy thanks for being on the podcast
1: i appreciate it hey uh do you do you have plans today
0: i have to work the back door tonight
1: what time is that
0: Six fifteen.
1: Oh, okay i was gonna uh i, I just want to plug this so this, this the last couple of weeks shane moss has been sleeping on our couch Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Moss is a very funny comedian. And tonight is the uh, world premiere of his movie uh, Psychonauts,
0: which is about his experiences with. Uh, if tonight's a premiere, no one listening to this. I know, here. but oh.
1: I mean, I'm just telling what the movie is. Uh, it's about his experience with hallucinogenic uh, drugs, DMT and uh, and mushrooms and stuff like that. Uh, so it's the premiere tonight, but it'll be available for distribution later. So it, if you're not a fan of Shane Moss, you should look him up, and you definitely will be. And just keep an eye out for that because he's been sleeping on my couch, and I feel like uh, everyone should know why. Because he's
0: great. All right. Well, he, there you have. Check he, out that movie. <laughs> I know. I will be. I know, and we listen. What about my, what about my Twitter
1: and stuff? Do people care?
0: Yeah, yeah, but I'll I'll plug all that stuff okay, cool. for you. So check out Mitch Burrow on the internet. Check out his his stand up comedy. If he as long as he doesn't quit, he's really good. He shouldn't quit. So check it out, Mitch Burrow. Thanks, Ari. I'm Ari Manis. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Later.
1: You're listening to you listening to unlicensed 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 therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis.